Welcome to Theater Theater, the theater podcast for theater nerds made by three theater makers from the L.A. theater scene. Each week, we get together to discuss, debate, and disseminate the evolutions of the great playwrights by taking a macro look at three of their plays. And this is part three of our mini-series covering the works of Lin-Manuel Miranda. That's right, it's Freestyle Podcast Supreme. I'm Jay Bailey Burcham. I'm Sophia Macias. And I'm Stephanie Gomez. That's right. Uh, CJ and Scott are taking the week off. So today I am joined by two new co-hosts. One of them is an actress, singer, writer, an all-around spiritual queen, and a dear friend of mine from back in the day, Sophia Macias. And the other one is my new friend. She's an actress, singer, dancer, model, and a swing for the Lyric Theater's famed production of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Stephanie Gomez, my new friend. Welcome, friends. How are y'all doing? Hey, Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> it's so good to see y'all. It's so good to have you, uh, your beautiful faces in these Zoom boxes. Unfortunately, we can't get in the same room together. Steph, you're in a totally different state, right? You're in New York, yeah? I am. I'm in Brooklyn right now, so it would be very hard for me to uh, <laughs> get there in person as well. <laughs> hey, we we the podcast could pay for it. Okay, we could get you out here. Oh, that's all you had to say. <laughs> that's all you had to say. <laughs> no, we definitely could not. We don't make nearly enough money for that. Uh, but same day, we'll get you out False here. Uh, for today, it's the Battle of the Coasts. We will be discussing three shows uh, with my two new friends here. One new friend, one old friend. We get it. In the Heights, Bring It On, and Hamilton. Now, I've said all my piece on these shows. I've I've talked about them ad nauseum the last two episodes for 90 minutes each. I've said all my piece. So I'm going to guide this conversation. <laughs> I'm going to let y'all get into it. We're going to get some hot takes here, I think. We're going to spill some tea. Oh, yeah. The first thing I want to do, though, is I kind of we're connoisseurs of context on this podcast. I want to understand what your context with Lynn is. So, Stephanie, let's start with you. What like what what was your big introduction to Lynn? And then what has your relationship been with him since? Um, my dear, sweet baby Lynn, uh, <laughs> first time I heard of him was when I went to go see In the Heights on Broadway. Wow. I was in high school. Yeah. And from the minute I saw that, I was like, who the F is this guy <laughs> putting my whole life on stage? I get it now. Amazing. Yeah. So immediately we fucking put him in a Google search. He's he's getting bigger. Okay. So I kept a full track of Lynn and now I just I would love to work with him, work in his shows, and I love him. He has done so much for the Latino community in theater. And now he's sort of branching out outside of theater, like Moana. I mean, that wasn't for Latinos. That was like 
other, but he's done such a big, he's played such a big part in expanding the industry. And introducing people to cultures that I don't think we had been talking about so much in the mainstream. Yeah, to fight ignorance and just people assuming or not knowing. And he's like, let me shed some light on this so we can make informed, educated decisions. Right. So what about you? Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I think my first introduction, so I'm, I'm, you know, little, little podunk gal from Kansas. Um, same, same. <laughs> We know um, your theater-obsessed uh, uh, nerd. The first time that I had contact with Lynn's work, I think I was in high school. Honestly, I think it was a YouTube clip. I think, like, I, I, cause I was one of those that would, you know, have musicals playing in the background as I did my homework. And um, it, the song came on, I think it was Breathe, and I started sobbing hmm. sobbing and i was like what just what is this what just happened the sounds like the music i'm not from new york but i know what you know like i know what a bolero sounds like like i so ooh, yeah so that got me and just like stuff immediately google search and was like what is happening what is this show i of course became obsessed with everything that lynn did um or had done up until then which was just that was just in the heights right bring it on came later correct yeah yes 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 in the heights was still on broadway when when bring it on writing bring it on and yeah that's right that's right oh man and then in in college i'll say i didn't get too into bring it on i'm just gonna say that right there (laughs) but in college we came out i saw that um hamilton was was going to broadway i hadn't heard anything from it yet um, but immediately was like, I mean, freaking out. Like, oh my God, the same guy, the same guy who wrote, who wrote In the Heights is going to be amazing. Holy crap. And then of course, when that came out, I listened to that nonstop on repeat. And the fact that not only he did he expand the industry for the Latino community, but also changed the game when it came to casting came to expansive casting right because otherwise it would i think after hamilton folks it just it just opened everything up right because beforehand it would be like oh you know we're doing we're doing color conscious casting like oh my gosh we're doing something really cool and amazing and now it's just like no that's just that's just how you cast them and you just cast it well that's it Exactly. And we've said a couple times on this podcast uh, that, it, you know, it's unfortunate that it took Hamilton to mm-hmm. do that. Right. It's unfortunate that uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda shows are the ones that have to be the ultimate, uh, you know, thing that introduces these cultures to us and introduces, uh, you know, non-white casts to mm-hmm. us. Uh, it would have been nice. It'd be nice if there were 10 of these at any given time on Broadway is kind of yeah. what we instead of Instead of what was it? A friend of mine said, like, instead of the, you know, there's black Broadway and then the Latinos got a corner, like quarter store, corner store over there. <laughs> they have a bodega. And we, get, we get a bodega. We get on your feet in, uh, in, in uh, Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and both of you have been in shows of his right and i say shows you've both been in in the heights is that correct oh yes oh yeah <laughs> okay tell me about that other. a little bit and then that'll lead us right into we're in the heights is the first one we're going to talk about so to tell me about your experience being in it 
who did you play where was it and um let's get, let's talk about it there's so much, there's so much where to start <laughs> um i played vanessa wow and she's yeah, uh, says Nina over there. <laughs> I was her Nina. We were in the same production together. That's how we met. We did a co-production uh, in what Milwaukee Rep for like a month and a half. And then we were in Seattle and then in Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Wow. And, oh, it was it was a trip. What a seven month contract. It was fantastic. And Doing that show in, in several different parts of the country was a very interesting uh, experience. I bet. Well. Tell me about that a little bit. Stephanie? Well, 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 well. <laughs> um, well, first of all, I'm born and raised in New York. So I didn't I didn't understand when I landed in Milwaukee and I walked across the street to the supermarket. I was like, why are these old white people looking at me? Mm. Aha! It's because yeah. I'm brown. There we go. <laughs> Understood. Thank you. Right. This is we're in Wisconsin. Understood. Right. Understood. Yep. Um, but it's it's something that's where it needs to go. Like it's wonderful in New York. It's wonderful in L.A. But like shows like this are most needed in the in the middle, in the places that are very close minded, because they're the ones who don't have the experience, who don't know. So I think it was it was a new experience, but it was a well-needed experience. And um, we were loved, like not to mm -hmm. toot our own horns, but mm -hmm. every everybody in the theater was like still to this day, like, oh my God, the In the Heights, the In the Heights cast. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we, we, we changed lives. No, I'm kidding. I, it was just a wonderful <laughs> no, experience. You did. <laughs> I can almost guarantee that you did. Cause not only, is the power of theater powerful, right? But mm -hmm. the power of In the Heights is, oh. right? And okay. and I, just knowing S Sophia's talent, I can only imagine, Stephanie, that you're absolutely phenomenal. And I feel like th this show was probably next level. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just back. saying this yesterday. I was at I was at lunch with people from our cast, um, and I just sat there and I was like, you know what? I didn't know this before, but we had an amazing cast. Like everyone was cast perfectly. You know, sometimes you're just like, yeah, I did the show, but like we did the damn show. Like we mm -hmm. were so deeply involved with one another. Like everybody had a backstory, even if it wasn't provided within the script, everyone added to their backstories. They had their own ensemble had names like everybody. And they like, they're like, oh, you know what? This person's actually sleeping with this person and this person. Uh... Like I got to a point where I was like, Piraguero's Vanessa's dad. Like we spent six months going well past what Lynn and Kiara intended for this show. As so it, it should was, be. It was, yeah. So it was, it was, we were able, well, for me, I, let me speak for myself. Let me not speak for everybody, but I was able to have mm. a completely different show every night because everybody was really just living on stage yeah. with one another. It was mm -hmm. beautiful. Isn't that the best when you get that cast, that, especially with a long running show, when you get that cast, oh it just God. works. Oh yeah. It's and I mean, it was, 
everyone was so invested and invested not only their creativity, but their lived experiences in a way that was so, so supportive and encouraging and seeing, what was it? David Coverman, who was our Benny, who, oh my goodness. I mean, everyone in that cast was fantastic, but I remember specifically in one of our uh, circles, because we'd all circle up and almost everybody came to circle every single night before yeah. the show, which is great. Cause you usually think after like three months in, okay, you get the gist, blah, 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 sure. blah, blah. Sure, what kind of ebb and flow, but they're, I mean, almost every night, almost everybody showed up because we wanted to like touch base. Right. As, a group as a collective and in one of those uh circles before show uh david mentioned that he loved this show and this cast and what we've done with the production so much because you get to see a little bit of everybody's brilliance and i think that that's something that lynn does so well in in his artwork in the shows that he creates is because it's ensemble first mm. and it's community yeah. first and we're all, all the folks that were cast in the show were very much community first, art first kind of people. Um, and so sure, there may have been some folks that had like sang a little bit more or danced a little bit more or said a little bit more, but it was everybody's best foot forward always. Like it, it, was, it was an ensemble show. Yeah, I love that. That's always the best. And that's rare. Let's be honest, yeah. as theater makers, that is a rarity. I mean, you get it now and then, and it's and it's so beautiful, but then you also never want to stop talking to that cast. Like, you know, like you create the Facebook group and you just <laughs> never stop. We have, at, at this point, we have like three different chats. I feel like we just kept yeah. changing the name mm -hmm. of our chats, but we still have this. And I'm telling you, just yesterday, I was at lunch with... The woman who played our Camila, mm -hmm. the guy who played Benny, and one of our swings. So wow, we can't get rid of each other. No, yeah. no, no, no. We um, also get on Zoom and like celebrate. We have like a Christmas together. We all um, uh, what what oh, who was it? I think Lillian, our the guy who played our Daniela, organizes the whole thing, and like we get together. Everybody makes their own like coquito or whatever drink that they want, and and like has a little dinner, and then everybody goes around and and sings a little. Sings a little song, or at least that's what we did last year because you know, COVID. We were uh, quarantined and losing our mind. Right. <laughs> but, it, but it was so so freaking cool that like at, as soon as everybody heard about the drama of the quarantine and of the COVID, um, we were the first people that we reached out to. Like, of course, like, of course, I yeah. my mom and my dad, but most of all, it was like, how's my heights? <laughs> how's my heights family doing? And then we made that little music video. Like we were like. We gotta keep getting through this, y'all. We did. We, we did make oh, that music man. video. Oh, Bailey, I should send that to you. We made a music video of of the finale of the finale. Home and everybody that participated in the show. Um, even some of our like tech and crew folks who were also who are also very much a part of the family. Um, uh, recorded a little bit, sang a little bit, and we put the whole thing together. It's it's. That's so rad. Yeah, send that That's to me. We'll put it. We'll put a link to it in our bio if it's on somebody's Insta or something. Oh yeah, it's all over. Oh yeah, <laughs> That's awesome. We're popular oh. everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> it's a big deal. It's, um, yeah. it's on Broadway HD. Can't believe um, you haven't seen it. <laughs> I, I probably have. When you were describing, it, I was like, I feel like I watched this for sure. But I want our listeners to watch it as well. 
Um, <laughs> that's radical. So in the Heights, you've got you've got a lot of context with it. You're in love with it. You're in love with your cast from that mm -hmm. from that time. Can I ask, were you in love with the 2021 film of In the Heights? Talk to me about that. I have love for the 2021 film of In the Heights. That's a good way to put it. First, I will say, beautiful film. Yeah. Gorgeous. Aesthetically gorgeous. John M. Chu's directorial eye is phenomenal. We cannot. He knows what. He, the, mm, directorially in the visual like like aesthetic and like cinematics of it all cinematic yes, yes. cinematically brilliant thank you agreed um I have john chu in my dream journal now yes <laughs> um, um i think you know what let's let me let me <laughs> there's break a lot it down for you <laughs> let me break it down i loved about it um uh, I also understand that they have to make something that is meant to be seen in a theater with live people um, into a film. And there's a lot that, that goes into changing that, right? They had to move some things around and that it's supposed to be like conceptually like a different piece of art, right? For this, this um, like if we have Marvel universes, right? There's many lore, there's many like different things happening in the Marvel universe. So I'm like, okay, there can be many things happening in the In the Heights universe. So I'll start with that. Stephanie. The In the Heights cinematic <laughs> universe. I get it. Yeah. 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 The lore of In the Heights. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Marvel, obviously. We all have. It's been a year of Marvel, I think, for a lot of people. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I'm like, oh, now I'm a comic book nerd. Um, Anthony Ramos. Holy yeah. cow. That was, and I'll be honest, at first, um, I was like, oh no, he's too charming. Like, I know he did it at Lincoln Center, but like, he's, he's, he's too charming to be Usnavi. And I was very happy to be proven all the way wrong. All the all, way wrong. All the, 100% all the way, like, oh, eat my God. words, all the way wrong. Because <laughs> um, I think, I thought God. he did a phenomenal job. Uh, what are pe pieces of the movie that you maybe didn't live for so much? Oh, well, and everyone and their uncle has commented on this, but yeah, it was really disappointing to see the lack of representation of color in a movie made by and for the Latina community. It was a bummer. And then to hear, hear the, the comments were like, oh, but there were dancers. They were in the background. You didn't see them? I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Are you serious? Let me get my magnifying glass real quick. Yeah, like, okay, hold yeah. on. I'm sorry. No, I didn't wear my glasses this year. I was like, the whole point is it's about a Dominican immigrant and right. being a Dominican myself. I'm so sorry. My dogs are barking. She's it's fine. To... It's all good. Get through we love it. a dog. Um, <laughs> um, uh, a lot of Dominicans won't admit this, but Dominicans are the closest to black that you will get. We we sh we came from and originated from the same island, Hispaniola, as Haitians. And the only difference is one side was conquered by French, one side was conquered by Spanish. And right. that is how everything's changed due to outside, uh, outside 
factors um colonialism so yeah and i was when i as i was re-watching this i was like okay so there are certain i have a whole thought but like for example the kuka character can we still hear me with this dog barking yeah we can hear you we got you okay great so i'm like the kuka character though dasha i thought was one of the like i loved her um it was a useless part because they just like picked and grabbed certain things from other characters and gave it to her and i was like it did they put her in because she's the only actual dominican person like lead person and i'm not saying the entire thing has to be dominican like good for you you've got uh daphne rubin who's i think panamanian or something and you've got mexican and you've got this and you got that it's about Latinos and community. Pe- you know, uh, we don't say people of color. We say people of the global majority now. <laughs> so I've heard um, it's about the, the people of the global majority. And no shade, but Lynn is from a country that if you were to be like, oh, which uh, countries are most like they put their lighter skin forward, you'd be like Argentinians are very light skinned, Cubans are very light skinned. Uh, Puerto Ricans are pretty light-skinned, which is just what they put forward because every country has darker-skinned people. But to put on a show about Dominicans and have, like, that be what's happening, I was like, come on, we could have searched a little farther, y'all. A little farther. Yeah. And what you said about Guka, I I agree. Like, she was hilarious. It was a lot of fun. But I also felt it kind of, and I'm, I'm curious how you feel about this, Stephanie, that it kind of robbed... I don't, I don't necessarily like that word, it, it, but it, it, it took away some of what made Vanessa, Vanessa, because the difference between Nina and Vanessa is that they were like, they were brought up in the same neighborhood, but brought up differently to a degree, right? They had, they, they lived in the same world, but they, and were cut of the same cloth, but didn't carry themselves in the same way. So Nina had a better time like passing in, in, in certain situations. They maybe even went to different schools, right? Like Nina maybe even went somewhere like outside of the neighborhood. I know that was something we talked about in, in our show uh, uh, with our cast, but I did kind of feel like, well, and especially, you know, with our Vanessa, Melissa um, being of, of lighter skin, it was harder for me to be like, oh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't give this girl this application. Now I know that that happens. Believe me, I know that that happens. But it, it did. If I felt like, I kind of felt like there were two Nina stories happening. Um, so I'm curious. I'm curious, and that's just that's a piece of what I what I gathered. So I'm curious how you feel, Stephanie. Yeah. Um, I think my overall thing about the movie having done it for so long just knowing it so deeply the way that we do my biggest thing about it that sort of leads into other issues that i had with it is that he kind of straddled the border with everything and everyone he never Mm. went fully with anything um Mm. he sort of half stayed with the original uh stage version but he kind of wanted to change it for the tv film and there were certain things where he's like oh we got to keep this theater thing just because i like it but it doesn't make sense in the movie so i i felt like the the film either had to revert back to the theater the stage version so much more like 
keep it set in 2008 because that's where it makes sense. That's where it lives. It's mm -hmm. about the blackout that happened in 2008. Or you need to change it even more than what you did because I felt like he kind of half-assed and he was like, let me not disappoint anybody and let me do everything. And none of the relationships right. were able to get that deep. So the only, and, and going off of what you said, the only relationship that they really like dove into was Usnavi Vanessa, which in the show, it's not their story. Like Usnavi was always supposed to be a narrator for this community and it's Nina's story. The theater version is Nina's story and they made Vanessa the new Nina, but they just kept the Vanessa spice to it. But like Nina doesn't have the conflict with Benny and the dad and her mom is dead, which I was like, who the fuck needed fucking Camila to be dead? And <laughs> yeah, that was kind of weird, just, right? Yeah, because in the show, isn't she sort of she's sort of the person that they they go to as like an intermediary between she and her father. They they each get to have these conversations with with the mother. Why do you, why did he make that choice? Do you have any idea? I'm I'm not sure. I honestly I thought it was like oh Disney's taken over and you know Disney's whole thing about Bambi's mother like maybe it's a Disney thing. Sure. So that was a thought. And then two, I also was like, is it because they're trying to make this more about Usnavi, which I see that they did, but I totally agree with you, Stephanie. We didn't get to see like the relationship with anyone else and it left out a huge piece of Latina culture which is like how the matriarch is is like is is it. it's the thing like that's where you go to you go to the mothers you go to the grandmothers like you go like you go to the abuelas that's like what is the heart and the, the rock and the foundation of Latina culture is the matriarch and that was not felt. I that I say this. They. I'm sorry if I'm interrupting you. They. They in more aspects than one diminish the power, the female power in this show. Mm -hmm. um, there's barely a relationship between Nina and Abuela. They took out all of their songs together. Um, uh, when Usnavi is talking about going back to Dominican Republic, he only references his father for some reason. He's mm -hmm. never talking about my parents, my parents, my parents. It's all of a sudden my dad, my dad's dream, my dad, my dad. Um, there's no mention of, even though she was, you know, supposed to be a piece of shit, there's no reference to Vanessa's mom, and there is mm -hmm. in the show. Um, Camila's dead, obviously. And I just feel like they they really kind of just shat on that female power. And I was like, no, 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 no. This is this is Nina's story. Like, Usnavi, you are the narrator. And I'm like, there's, I'm, it, it's, I'm like, okay, it was a choice. I don't know why you decided to kill off Camila. It's a choice. But don't tell me that you killed Camila because, you know, you have to turn a three and a half hour show into a two and a half hour movie. But you still have time for the Piragua song. When as theater goers, we know full well that the Piragua song is only there as a theater trick because Nina needed time to change. That's the right. only reason it's there. Nina had to go from uh, uh, the when home song to when you're home to dinner. So bing, boom, bang, they put in the Piragua song. But Lynn, you had to have a whole scene to yourself right. and the end snippet as the Piragua reprise. I'm like, 
brother, you didn't need to be in this movie. Exactly. Like sometimes you have to let go. Like I love him. He is a genius in my uh, like com- writing, composing. Like he's he's a genius of our age. Um, but I'm like, bro, you didn't need to be in the movie. Like you took out some yep. good like meaty bits that were like critical to the progression of the movie and and the and the what makes it what it is. And you had to put in the Piragua song when you know full well, camera stopped rolling and we fixed that in post, baby. You don't need the Piragua song. Nina can change whenever she wants to. That's right. So I'm just like, it, it kind of, it, it very, it, it messed up a lot of the, the relationships. And I, oh, I hated, I, I love, I don't know Melissa Barrera very much, but I was just like, they made her so mean in my eyes. Mm. And it's an easy trap to fall into with Vanessa, but they gave any of her, um whatever makes her softer like you know she's a very hard like on guard woman which yeah but then there are moments where you like see her softness like dinner scene she's like messing around with abuela and joking around that Mm -hmm. got cut out and like she'll always like say like a snarky remark and then walk away and it's so it seems like she's like just being nasty instead of like joking around so i thought that they made her Mm -hmm. very hard and i was like that's fucking a lot take it down a notch (laughs) (laughs) well outside of the movie what are y'all's like favorite things about the show because we got to move on to bring it on which i i'm sure we won't have much to say about but i (laughs) want but i want to get us i want to give you the chance to say sort of your big final thoughts on in the heights put it out there like uh, as a show as a musical theater show um and oh and i'd love to know your thoughts on hudes who is one of my favorite playwrights Water by the Spoonful might be my favorite play of all time, which is by her. Have either of you read any of her other works? Definitely. Uh, I I I performed Miss You Like Hell, which is oh. a it's a musical based off of a play, and she wrote the book for it. And then gotcha. That's I met cool. her. So no way. Her back was. I literally got off. We were we finished the show and the um, artistic director for Baltimore Center Stage, uh, Stephanie Ibarra, phenomenal, phenomenal woman, um, was like, hey, guys, just stick around after the show. We got a little surprise for you. And we knew we were supposed to meet the composer, Erin McKeown. I, I'm sorry if I butchered her name, but um, everybody stick around. We have a little surprise for you. And I was like changed. I like walk into the hall. Everybody's <laughs> gathered. And Stephanie's talking to this woman whose back is facing me. And everyone's like, you know, everyone's like freaking out and i was just like who's that <laughs> <laughs> like stephanie that's kiara i'm not gonna go with this and i was like no it's not i have to turn around and go home now thank yeah. you goodbye um <laughs> but i i i have no complaints about anything that you know i, I love her she wrote in the heights she wrote miss you like hell which is fucking phenomenal if you haven't seen it or i haven't i gotta check that out that. yeah mm-hmm. I mean, she knows what she's doing. She, she's, yeah, she is. I mean, she's a damn artist with words. She also did the screenplay for the movie, which is good. But that also means that she was part of some of those decisions that were made, um, (sighs) which is interesting. And and I, I, Hollywood's a very different thing. Mm -hmm. Obviously, obviously Mm -hmm. there's producers and there's white men uh, stomping down everything that you try to do, I think, for every movie, uh, let alone one like this. We can't blame her, I don't think, for the for well, the I didn't have an issue like with like the 
the script that lived. The script there, that right? lived, right? The words that were said felt it didn't feel out of place. It was it was more the directions of the relationships and the directions of like the stories that we followed. Right. So as far as that goes, you know, she must be must have been weaving some webs to make it all work because the sounds worked, right? Absolutely. She wrote this trilogy called the Elliot trilogy, and it's um. The first one's called Elliot, A Soldier's Fugue, I think. The second one is called Water by the Spoonful. And the third is The Happy Song Plays Last. I'll double check. The Happy Song Plays Twice, something like that. Uh, But it's basically following uh, this soldier uh, named Elliot who uh, is battling his PTSD and his traumas and things. But the second one, Water by the Spoonful, is uh, about him dealing with that but also his aunt is in a narcotics anonymous kind of chat room and the whole play basically takes place in this chat room so it's like an Mm. online chat room on stage and it's the way that she wrote this thing it is truly one of i think one of the great modern plays we have her on our list for uh uh, next season and I think everybody should check her out she's mm. fucking phenomenal read water by the spoonful actually read all of her shit besides that give me your final your final <laughs> thoughts on in the heights as a whole as a show what are what is your um kind of final say on that so uh if you can't connect to it you don't have a soul and that was that that uh, it might be true um yeah, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Perfect. Steph? Um, In the Heights sets the standard for the direction we need to be taking in terms of changing the game. Like that, he, when In the Heights came out, it, there was nothing done like that before. He kind of brought back popular music to the stage and stage to popular music. And it, it sets the standard for reality and realness on stage. Uh, he, there's, I mean, who is this? Um, I think it's Meisner says acting is living truthfully under imaginary circumstances. Uh, and I put this in all of my bios. I say theater is life. Mm-hmm. And in the height sets a standard for just mm-hmm. living on stage, you know, under uh, extraordinary or imaginary circumstances. So mm-hmm. follow that as a guide. It doesn't have to be about Latinos. It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. with rap, but strive for what that show brought to the industry. Agreed. Well said. Couldn't have said it better ever in a million years. So let's move on to the next one. The next one I'm we don't need to spend a lot of time on. I don't know that any of us have seen (laughs) it live, um, but bring it on the musical. We've already talked about the history of this on the last episode, but basically bring it bring it on uh, came about because Universal was like, make a musical of this property that we have. And they hired Andy, uh, the choreographer from In the Heights. I always forget his name. Tom Kitt to do the music and a book writer and blah, 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 blah. And then they brought in Lynn to write the songs for the rival high school. So that's what he wrote. Uh, the rest is Tom Kitt, who did Next to Normal, things like that. What are your, what are your thoughts on uh, Bring It On? Um, I hate to disappoint. I have very little for you. Uh, as 
the farthest I ever got with Bring It On was flipping it through those big music anthologies in my college uh, music library, um, seeing that there was a Bring It On song in there, plunking it on the piano and being like, eh, I'll move on. And that's as far as I got with that. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Steph? I have never seen a bootleg or live uh, version of it, but I, in my journey to build my music book, I was like, okay, I know I love Lynn's work. Let me look up stuff that I can sing. And then his name comes up with Bring It On, but he was obviously one of two writers. But uh, One Perfect Moment is in my book. It's a great song. And it's, I think, I think the music is, well, I enjoy listening to the soundtrack. It's funny and it's, it's a nice listen. I've never seen it on stage, but I'm also like, do we really need this show that, I mean, I feel like it's, I didn't see it on stage, like I said, but I feel like there's a lot of stereotypes that went on there. Like, uh, we went to the the bad school with all of the, you know, the peoples, quote unquote. And then there's right. like the rich white girls who like get stuck slumming it with them. And I'm like, right. okay, I guess that's a story to tell. But the music is a nice bop, I right. guess. Right. I love right. Taylor Louderman. Sure. <laughs> that's what I can say about it. Yeah. And I, you know, I mean, the, 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 all of the bring it on movies that's sort of the whole thing right it is and the first one might do it a little better than the rest but the whole thing is this kind of like yeah there's this bad school and it's it's you know it's different and it's and then you always kind of find out oh it's not so bad but that's fucked up that that's the, the, yeah, <laughs> the, that's the, of the yeah so uh the musical doesn't change that it's still following that it's it's sort of based on the third movie but it's not it ends up being a whole different plot it's not it's like it it's such a weird yeah. thing it like doesn't make sense i don't know why it exists uh and there's a <laughs> camp level to the first one that really works i think that's why the first bring it on movie has sort of withheld mm -hmm. the test of time it, it um, withstood, I said withheld, withstood the test of time because it is, uh, it has a level of camp that I think a lot of people enjoy uh, and it's pretty self-aware. This is, could be that and unfortunately is not. It never gets there, mm -hmm. never even tries. I'm sure the stunts with all the cheerleaders are really fun. Yeah, I bet that was like way, I, you know, very impressed by the idea of throwing people in the air and then yeah. that's way cool and it's clear that you know in the heights came from a place of passion and love and this though there may have also been passion and love in this project it's it's um did not have the same impact and no. it, it's and it's not a story that needs to be told exactly it's nice it's sure but or like, expand it on because like I, I will say i've watched the movie multiple times but sure. like do we need to <laughs> make a musical out of it no and i can say that for a lot of things that are happening now but oh yeah it's true we have uh we've talked about it on the podcast a few times we have back to the future going to the west end um not needed the musical so karate, kid. Not needed. karate kid yes. 
interesting. We don't need it. We don't need it. We really don't need it. And I've heard there's a remake movie of Mrs. Doubtfire, and I'm just like, why are we, where are we? What are we yeah, doing? Yeah, they put, they also we made don't need it. Turner and Hooch <laughs> is now like a a TV like as a show. Yeah, with uh, Josh Peck or some shit. Who I love, and I'm just like. I- that's brave being like, I'm going to take a Tom Hanks role, iconic Tom Hanks role and take it on. Uh, so, which this might be a good segue. I don't know if we're ready for a segue to Hamilton. Let's do it. Cause okay. bring it so nothing else to say about bringing <laughs> watching Hamilton again. And as we're sitting there, my partner Daniel and I were sitting there and like sobbing over multiple aspects of the show. Of course, when, when things get sad, I know that there's no possible way that I could give a Hamilton spoiler. It's been out for so long. Everybody's obsessed with it. I've seen it. So I'm, we're sitting there and taking it all in. And I'm like, wow, this whole thing. And we all know there is there is like projections for a Hamilton movie at some point. Yeah, this it's whole thing, Right. This whole thing started with one guy on vacation with his wife in the Bahamas reading a book being like, holy shit, Alexander Hamilton, he's from here. Oh, cool. This, you know who this reminds me of, you know, this is very cool. It started with one thought, one thought, and then expanded into something that we all want to experience and see like again and again and again and again, because it did have so much love and passion put it into it. Um, which, you know, like I said, the, like with bring it on, the was it Warner brothers is like, here, make us a musical. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's interesting to see the dichotomy of the, the, just the, and I understand as an artist, we do all sorts of projects and things to get that, to get that bag. Takes, takes a lot. And it's clear what projects like are his and then what projects he's on. Right. Right. Very clear. Even Moana is a little bit that way. Right. Yeah. Which like, he absolutely has the Midas touch. Like you, he, if he's a part of something, it's going to, it makes it beautiful right it really really does have 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 he has an impact yeah he has an impact and it his his original concepts are way more potent than anything that he's just like walks in and is like i'll do you a favor here you go (laughs) i i think he needs to know that more i i i mean i've never met him but i feel like sometimes he doesn't realize how powerful like his mind is and Mm. Uh, sometimes he'll let Hollywood or outside people talk him into watering down what, because he's a very, even when he speaks, just everything that comes out of his mouth is passion, passion, passion. Mm-hmm. And like Sophia just said, like in the Heights and Hamilton, like you can see, like those were his babies. He put his heart and soul into it. But there are certain things where it's not the same. I think that's true. And in fact, that leads me to my next question perfectly, which is because I've I've said my piece on this. So I, I'll I'll tell you if you want to know later. But I what are you, what are your feelings on Lynn's performance in Hamilton, the the stage version, if you've seen it, or the because I have a lot of feelings about it. I. Let's see. His <laughs> he's a very expressive man. Um, I I think he also he gives his whole freaking heart and soul when he wants to. Uh, when he's on stage, is definitely moved. Do you think he's aware of his phenomenon? Because you had you were just saying, Stephanie, like mm-hmm. you feel like in Hollywood and stuff, he's not super aware of like how genius he is. 
when I watch Hamilton, I've never seen another person play Hamilton. I've never seen it on stage, so I've only seen this movie. So my only opinion of it the whole time is I was just like, he's so aware that this is the biggest thing to ever happen ever. And and it made me feel weird. I can totally see that. I don't, I've only seen bootlegs of him as, as Usnavi. I don't think that was present in Usnavi. Probably not. I will agree that there there are traces of that, and now that I now that I think about it, because I just watched Hamilton yesterday, and just it's moments, a, it's not the whole time. It's like when he's like, "I the hurricane," and he's on like the rotator, right? And he's like literally like standing there, like sobbing, and yes, it's really intense. And then sometimes I'm like, like Philippa Sue gave an outstanding performance with like a single tear, and I'm over here like. Oh, you know what? That does remind me. What is, <laughs> what is that reminds me? Um, um, I, I can't remember what project it was on, but I remember working with the director that it was like leave space for the audience to cry, leave space for the audience to to be more overwhelmed than you are, if that makes sense. Um, like leave space for them to participate in like freaking out in the sob in the in the in the moment for that, and I. I don't know what goes through another performer's head when they're on stage, but I, I now hearing you say that, I'm like, huh, I, it does, it does seem like, um, I, I can see that. <laughs> Stephanie, have you ever seen it on stage? Yes, I saw everyone in the original cast except Renee Elise because she and I have the same birthday. So when I went for my birthday, she had taken the matinee off to be with her family. So oh. I saw everyone except Renee Elise. Damn. I. I've never seen anyone else play uh, Hamilton. I've only seen Lynn do it. And I enjoyed it. Is he the best? He gives me uh, very much, pardon if this is an unpopular opinion, Vanessa Hudgens vibes. Is she the best choice for the roles that she gets? No, but why does she keep booking? Because she fucking works hard and she's putting as much of her soul and talent as she can into these hearts. So Lynn... Yep. has the passion and and the and the and the knowledge to do the role. Is he the best singer, the best dancer, the best actor? No. So do I mind watching him? Maybe pull like a Sarah Bareilles and do like a limited engagement with Lynn right. playing such and such. But honey, do you need a full year right. to play this role? No, you don't. Do you need to be in the movie? No, you don't. There are other people who can do it. And at some point you have to be like, let me take a step back. Cause I'm all for making your own work so you can get work, but honey, you don't need the work. The work is coming to you. So you don't have to put yourself in, but like, I'm also like, if you're passionate about this fucking thing, then do that for yourself. Uh, Just know where you stand, know that somebody else has done this or somebody else should do this. You know, you, you have it because you wrote it. So you have the power to say that, but like, I, I, I didn't see him in Heights though, but like, I think Ryan was a fucking phenomenal mm-hmm. snobby. So I'm like, I don't think I would have liked Lynn any better, but so yeah. that's my take on, he definitely, that's like a big thing. People are like, he needs to stop putting himself in his own things. And I'm like, right. cause it goes back to the, in the Heights movie with, <laughs> with the song where you're kind of just like man do you need to be in this and he gets his little like and he has that smug sort of like <laughs> I'm in my own movie again and you're like alright dude but it's only for a second so it doesn't even matter because it's just kind of yeah. like yeah, it's just for it's, it's for a moment but 
Yeah. It's a cute And you brought Chris Jackson into it? Like, I mean, it was fun. It was fun. If there were other elements that didn't feel like they needed more time and attention, then I don't know if I would have had qualms with it. Because it was fun. It was cute. Like, like, I thought that was fun to see them do that. And it was just enough, sort of. Like, it's unfortunate that other things were cut and this was kept. Mm -hmm. But it was just enough, kind of, where I wasn't annoyed by him too much. Yeah, especially me not knowing the stage show very well. So I was mm. sort of like, yeah, it's interesting to me now that so in, in my experience and our experience of doing in the Heights, I remember being like, oh, my God, this feels like Shakespeare. There's like a little like moment, like the team of, of Lynn and Alex Lackmore, like they just put these little golden nuggets that I find like the more I, I, I you know, dive in and keep it fresh and every single night you know, the more I stay open with it, I find more new things. And that's something that you want. And that's something that I feel like constitutes a great work is when you're able to, um, there's still more to be discovered, even when you've done it every night uh, or eight times a week for seven months. Right. Right. Um, That being said, I'm curious, like, does Lynn have those experiences about his work, but he, or he just knows everything. He already knows all of the all he's already aware of all of the golden nuggets so like how can he not be so aware that this is the biggest thing to ever happen right now um right so it's a balance of those two things so and as as someone who is obviously as as le- all in of a person as he is both i'm sure as audience member and actually no i know i sat three feet from three seats from him at the 2016 tony awards and he was like the whole time he was leaning Smiling, in living for it. Wide, just as animated as a an audience member as he was uh, uh as he is as a performer so as you know the all-seeing all-knowing artist of his own work i think yeah he's overwhelmingly aware now that i think about it because he's both audience member to his work and participating in it and like experiencing as the creator the not and one of the most well-known names on the planet. On the planet. Yeah. Planet. And, um, okay, so here's a quick final question, actually. Do you have any opinions on him in either Mary Poppins Returns or things that aren't his work? Mary Poppins Returns or the other thing I think of is uh, his Dark Materials. If you've watched that, he's in that as well. Uh, go ahead, Sam. Um, I, again, I'm sure he worked very hard, but... Is there somebody else who could have done a better job? Yes. I, I can't confirm or deny this, but someone told me that they literally had to re-record all of his lines because when he did it originally, it was unintelligible because he has to have an accent. So why would you not get someone who can do the accent? Sure, you're still going to have like a dialect coach there or whatever to get the whatever, whatever. But I think it's, we went for the name because he's a name now he's he's a big name now um yeah and he had he was he was just an actor in that and i was just like lynn what are you doing here uh alongside emily blunt who is fucking phenomenal mm-hmm. and and there you are yeah but i love him but i love him not to poo poo on him but he's not the best in terms of performance he also kind of the one thing i kind of like forgave the accent for the only thing is that dick van dyke's accent is also shit 
So maybe it's part of being burnt. <laughs> and so part of me was but... like, is this is this on purpose? Like these dudes are just meant to be shitty in these. But but Dick Van Dyke is also yeah. a whole other level of like comedian and actor and dancer. Like it's not even funny. Yeah. So yeah, it's a different thing. Okay. Do we have any other thoughts about that? That's we don't have to go. I, I think he's having fun. I think at this like he's obviously works yeah. tirelessly. Like I'm telling you, those bags under his eyes and Hamilton. It's clear, physically clear, like that he puts his all into everything. So like he wants to have some fun. I think like let him. It's yeah. birds yeah. fun. Like he it, it, it nobody's calling him to play Macbeth. <laughs> like Right. Do it's either, not like terrible. No. No, no, he's not. He's yeah, I can watch him and be fine. I'll still watch Mary Poppins yeah. return yeah. all the time. I'm sad. Yeah. Um okay, so uh do you have any final thoughts on Hamilton? Let's start with you, Steph. Or any thoughts on Hamilton? I mean, we didn't get to get too deep into it. I know we've kind of just been dancing around it. I think the same applies with what I said about in the Heights. Like he he broke norms and in the heights and then he turned right back around and said, you know what? I'm going to do the same damn thing with mm -hmm. uh, Hamilton. I'm going to tell the story of America's start with American people, whether or not you understand that this is what America looks like. I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do, which mm -hmm. is why his, like his projects, his like heart to stage projects are so popular and they're so um what is the word influential mm -hmm. because and that's where i'm like sometimes I, I feel like he knows how much power he has and sometimes i feel like he doesn't because he's like i don't give a flying fuck who you want to cast as this but i'm gonna cast all of my best friends and all of these <laughs> beautiful diverse people as these old racist white men and we're gonna tell the story and it's gonna make sense and it's gonna be fine and you, like Sophia said, you can tell what he puts his heart into and what he's like, all right, I guess we'll just, uh, we'll work with it or we'll do something with it. But it's the same thing. <laughs> Hamilton set a whole new boundary, a whole new level of like, think outside the box. We need more like this. We, we don't need to remake movies anymore, y'all. Maybe take a book, like, because a book, you know. <laughs> it's 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 a, it's a whole different thing reading a book so you want to make a book into a musical go for it a fucking history book at that about alexander hamilton True. nobody that doesn't that doesn't sound correct on paper let's let's write a musical mm -hmm. about alexander hamilton like Love but it. it's amazing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. amazing yusuf i still i still listen to it, still cry, still jam along to it every day. And I agree with everything that Steph had to say. The fact that he, not only with the way that it looked, but with the way that it sounded, like he uses pop inspiration and R&B inspiration in his music and really lets his creations be something that he would also want to enjoy. I mean, there's a reason that it won the, the Genius Grant, right? There's a... Oh. It's really, really cool that um, this piece of art has had so much influence, both for artists and then internationally. Like, kids know about this. This My eight-year-old nephew can rap the entire Lafayette rap. Yeah, he knows about all these these people now that yeah. like had otherwise kind of been forgotten to history or only partially remembered. And I'm sure it's a, a you know dramatized version because it's art. Um, it just 
it is it, it's the work itself is so freaking cool and i also can't i don't think i'll ever be able to get past that literally he's on vacation reading a book and being like hey babe this sounds crazy deep alexander hamilton the musical <laughs> and now it's it's and she's gone. like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then like, eight years sure, later, it's the biggest eight thing. Eight years later, yeah. it's the biggest thing. You can't go anywhere without it. Like, it, it's cool when a musical becomes pop culture. I think that's so, as a music theater nerd, I think that's so freaking cool when when you can talk to a, a lay person, someone that's not totally obsessed with the theater, music theater world like I am, and they know what you're talking about. And they don't look at you side-eyed being like, I don't know, <laughs> you know? Um so it, it's inspiring. It's inspiring. I would love to be part of works like that, or even who knows, maybe I'll wake up one day and be a genius myself and make works like that. You know, crazy things have happened, I feel like. <laughs> it's inspiring. all the way around inspiring. Incredible. Well, it was fun to talk the three shows with you guys, but I have uh, something. We have a segment right now that we have to do. Uh, it's a really hard thing to do. Okay. Uh, maybe it won't be for y'all. Um, oh. <laughs> it wasn't for us for this one. It is usually for, for other playwrights, but we have to now do something because Bailey loves ranking shit. That's right. I love ranking shit. Okay. Bailey loves ranking shit. That's the name of this segment. We have to rank these three shows, three, two, one, least favorite to favorite. Sophia, go. Least favorite. Bring it on. Yeah. Didn't surprise anyone there. Um, second favorite, Hamilton. Yep. First favorite, yep. the OG in the Heights, baby. Okay, Steph? I'm going to have to say that that is my exact order as well. There's a reason we're best friends. Say, There's a reason we best friends. I will <laughs> never forget. So the day I walked into the bathroom, first day of rehearsal, Sophia looks at me through the mirror, not even in my face, just looks up from washing her hands and says, we gonna be best friends. <laughs> <laughs> Was I wrong? <laughs> no, you're not wrong. You are not wrong to this day. But yes, least favorite, bring it on. Second, Hamilton, first in the Heights. I feel like that's actually uh, how Soph and I became friends was that... <laughs> Like I was like driving her home from hanging out or something, and we were just like bullshitting. And then she was like, "Bailey, I think we're gonna be friends." And I was like, "Yeah, I think that's true." <laughs> and then we have been ever since. I think um, driving back from driving back from Max Wilson's house or some, some mm -hmm. shit. Um, okay, so I also agree with you. Those are the rankings. Those are the only rankings. There's no other rankings. <laughs> and Scott agreed also. Uh, In the Heights is is just the best. It's the best yeah. one. We love it. Uh, we got our hands on the book and read it, and we, we're just we're obsessed with it. Uh, do you have any other dream roles? I know you've been in in the Heights, but do you have any dream roles hmm. outside of what you've already done? Certainly. Yeah, no, I would love to play Eliza Hamilton because, especially watching Philippa Sue's performance, um, and this may be a silly reason as to why, she's so, like, stoic and controlled and collected and, like, wise, and I've not played very many characters like that, and I like to think that maybe mm, once out of every year I'm that kind of person, but I would love to embody what it's like to be, like, a 
grounded, controlled kind of person. And, and the music is beautiful and, and wonderful. And it would be an absolute treasure to be able to sing that for people. Uh, that's one of them. I, I also would love to be Aaron Burr. Uh, oh, cool. That'd be fun. Right? That'd be freaking cool. Uh, yeah. Um, what about you, Steph? Oh, God, I have a motherfucking plethora. What are um, your, like, top two? Like, what are the two that so come yes. out that you're like, these are the ones? Damn, Bailey, you're going to limit it to two? you got to okay. kill some um, darlings. I <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to add in Diana in Next to Normal because I think that would... Get out! Stop saying everything that's coming into my mind. Stop it. Sit your ass down. Yeah. So these aren't my two, but Sophia already said it, but Eliza and uh, Diane from Next Normal. Um, Here's another one. Esmeralda Hunchback. Oh, wow. Okay. We love that one. Fuck yeah. Um, Okay, I'm trying to think. Oh! Eurydice, Hades Town. Oh shit, that would be I need rad. To see you in that yesterday. Eurydice, Hades Town. I fucking wait. What'd you say? I need to see you in that yesterday. Yesterday. Oh, I was like, I thought you said I had a self tape for that yesterday. I was like, oh my no. god, bitch, don't, 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 don't. <laughs> no, bitch. Um, <laughs> not coming knocking. You know, you know, if they come and knock, and I'll be like, literally, only if I can be Stephanie's understudy. That's the only. That's, there we go. Oh, that's it. That's all I want. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um. Uh, and here's a little nice one, one that I probably will. Well, let me not say that because I never thought I was going to play Sophie in Mamma Mia, but I did that. Um, oh, cool. uh, L Woods in Legally Blonde yes. is one of my dream fucking roles because your girl's <laughs> got to go to uh, St. Louis for On Your Feet and yeah. then she's got to yeah. go back to... Oh, shit. Love On Your Feet. Yeah. Oh my That's God. The Gloria you know one, that? right? That's Gloria. No, uh, you don't tell me shit. Yeah. I'm sorry, uh, William, our choreographer from In the Heights, just text me, Ryan, who played our Usnavi, Carmine, who played our Camila, and Coco, who was our mm-hmm. Yolanda. Wow. Um, I don't think Coco's doing it, though. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to do it at the Muni and then at Casey's Starlight. We Ensemble. love the Muni. We love the Muni. I'm so excited. Never it's been. Funny. It's going to be a blast. So and did then you ever perform I go the back to... I did not. No, I've only okay. seen one either. show, which was like Meet Me in St. Louis, which was a very, yeah. very St. Like, I felt like I shouldn't be there. <laughs> it was <laughs> they like, could tell was you like, were a foreigner. Yeah. They could tell I was not from St. Louis. You're not from St. Louis. You're, you don't belong here. They're like, how do you, how dare you? How, I was like, I, I did not know what this was. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> those are my conflicts. Well, so um... Those are your conflicts. Well, we'll cast you in, in all of the above at some point. Um, uh, we, we normally do like an LA spotlight for LA theater, uh, but I don't have any of those today. Do you have anything you guys want to promote? Except SB 805, share things about it. It's a big deal. Uh, Scott talks about it all the time. It's great. Well, if you have the time, check out Crown of Town Dinner Theater on Instagram because they're run by our very dear friend, Max Wilson, That's a right. new nonprofit theater in the heartland uh wichita kansas wichita kansas trying to (laughs) make art and do right by those those artists left in the center of the country (laughs) we should talk to max about going back and doing a show there at some point like putting up something just to do oh yes he absolutely would love that okay okay 
you sold me. Um, okay, perfect. Steph, you got anything? I'll put your Instagrams in our in our uh, bio for this episode, and um, everybody can follow you, and it'll be super fun. You'll get so many followers. You probably won't. Oh, amazing. Uh, wait, let, real quick. Let me stop being an a-hole. Let me promote On Your Feet at the Muni and Casey Starlight. Coming there to you, you in August and September. <laughs> hey, Starlight Yay. Theater is one of my favorite places on Earth. Uh, I've only heard the most wonderful things about both theaters, so I am very excited. And I've never done outdoor, so I'm ready to fucking yep. catch flies in my mouth. They're both outdoor and crowd. They're both awesome. Yeah, enjoy it. That'll be so fun. Keep us updated on that. And then at some point, I want to do an artist spotlight with both of you separately where we actually just get to talk about you and your theater history and the, and <laughs> where we can keep following you and uh, on your journey and things like that. But besides that, we will come back uh, with Stephanie and Sophia some other day, but thank you for joining us all for part three. We did three parts for this one. The only other time we've done three parts was for Sondheim. Um, so part three uh, and the end of Freestyle Podcast Supreme. Join us next week for our newest bonus episode of Theater Theater and Stuff. It's a Bailey's pick, so I chose Theater Nightmares. So we're going to need people to send in. We've received about six. I want more. We want theater nightmares from people. Things that happened for real, not in your dreams. Things that happened oh. that were complete nightmares. Type them up. Send them to me. I'll read them on the podcast. Or record yourself on a nice mic or something and send it to me, and I'll put it on uh, the – I'll just edit it in. Or you can just call me, and I'll, I'll, I'll use the voicemail. I don't care. However you can get in touch with us hit us up we want to hear those stories i want one from stephanie and sophia you guys have to send me one okay um, you got it the name of the oh, next yeah. it please do please send it to me uh <laughs> the name of the next mini series is top pod under pod the works of susan laurie parks we're super super pumped about that one we had six people guess that one correctly we gave the name of the podcast and people had to guess what it was obviously it was named after top dog underdog one of her most famous plays the first person to write in was via email they said they don't know any of us but they love the pod and they listen often their name is ari so shout out to ari thanks for listening thanks for guessing correctly it is susan laurie parks top pod under pod so we will be covering the plays venus Top Dog, Underdog, and Porgy and Bess, the musical for which she adapted the book. We oh. know, yeah, we're really excited about it. We're going to watch it all together and uh, talk about it deeply. We know most of you are nerds like us and want to join in on the conversation, so please do message us on, on uh, Instagram, email us. We'll read your your opinions, your questions, your hot takes, anything you want. Uh, it's all in the info down below. Thank you to Ryan Thomas Johnson for our theme song and Stingers. And thank you, Pam Quinn, for her original song that she always writes for every playwright. This time she didn't write an original song. She's uh, rapping about Lin-Manuel Miranda over Alexander Hamilton from Hamilton. And it's kind of silly <laughs> and ridiculous and white but it's funny and actually good um <laughs> and also we always do this uh thank you to annie baker the playwright for writing our script for us today she's a playwright who writes in a lot of ums and uhs and so we thank her every time for writing the script for us because uh, i'm sure there were a lot of those uh which is fine and i don't like editing editing them out because we want the raw real 
Ness. Okay. This is theater. This is theater. This is live. Theater. Theater. Yeah, the name of the podcast is Theater. Theater. Um, we love it. We stand. Uh, please go rate, subscribe, or review, or all three. That'd be great too. Uh, normally at the end of the podcast, I start singing really poorly out of key a song from a musical just randomly. But I don't want to do that right now because I have two phenomenal singers in front of me. Do does someone have a riff? Does someone have a something they want to sing for a couple seconds? Go. You've been talking for an hour. You got it. Ah There yeah. it is. Yeah. There you go. Mm. <laughs> Go, Steph. Oh. <laughs> Why did we go to church? We like. <laughs> they took me to church. I, you better put that hand up. I can put a little share in there. Oh. <laughs> Whoa. Wagon wheel. Artoozy. Whoa. Whoa. As uh, uh, Sean, Sean Hayes would do in, in Will and Grace. Whoa. Right. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, amen. Thanks for taking me to church right at the end of that. Um, as always. Mouths and butts are the same thing. Oh, that's embarrassing to say in front of two people who don't know what I'm talking about. But they are. We love you. Uh, we'll see you later. Bye. Thank you, too, for joining Bye. me. Bye. <laughs> Thank you. Anytime. A Puerto Rican born during winter in the 80s. Writer, rapper, actor, singer, one of two babies. He wrote that Hamilton, before that in the Heights, such a baller, grew up to be a hero like a scholar. His own father was a doctor, and then his mother was ecstatic about democratics, and then his sister was a lot smarter, was a self-starter CFO. <laughs> Bet that's something you didn't know. And every day he'd sit in and stay late at school writing and humming his cares away on a show we'd come to know. Noah's in the heights would soon be up in lights. The brother was ready to beg, steal, borrow, or barter. Then 2002 came, Miranda would reign. He revised it, then it went live. 2005 put a pencil to his temple, connected it to his brain, and he wrote another show, the one we'd all come to know. Cause the word got around, we said this kid is insane, man. Tony wins in nominations, put him on the map, man. The Moana music, Mary Poppins, he did reclaim, and the world knows and loves his name. He is Lin-Manuel Miranda And there's a million things he's done And that he's still gonna do Just you